What's up, Browns fans? Welcome into your Friday episode, September 9th of the OBR Film Breakdown. I'm your host, Jake Burns, and we have a great episode as we get into regular season mode. Listen, we've had a, a step away over the weekend, kind of coming back, getting in everything in my life in order. I think we're on the right track. Got the, the, the plan for this upcoming season is great. Yesterday's episode with Jordan Zerm, we talked about 12 bold Browns takes as well as some superlatives for this upcoming season. Now on our Friday, Saturday, which is going to be our regular for the season, Fridays with John Colosimo, Saturday behind enemy lines episode. It's going to give you everything you need to know for how the Browns beat the Panthers, what's going on in the AFC North, and then a very detailed look at what is going on in Carolina in preparation. And then with Brad Ward, I will get together on Sunday to do your pregame episode. Five, ten minutes, talk about things that matter, some player lines, some weather lookouts, some injury report stuff. All of that will be ready for you on Sunday. So that'll be the usual routine. You know that you'll get your comprehensive breakdowns. All of that stuff will be the usual as well. On top of playback where we have plenty of stuff going on there. We had a Thursday night party. I'm, I'm calling this like the Browns virtual bar. You know, they're the Browns backers. This is like the Browns virtual bar where all Browns fans can come together, hang out, watch the, the, the teams that are playing in prime time, but do it from the lens of the Browns. Talk about the team, talk about the upcoming game. And then, you know, yuck it up about whatever we want. You can come up on stage, ask questions, hang out. We had some some viewers do that for tonight's show. It was great. So I hope some of you who are listening to this who have not used playback, go get subscribed and hang out for Thursday, for Sunday night, and Monday night games uh, for a half. We'll either do the first half or second half. I'll let you know the time. Come hang out, watch it, drink some beer, eat your dinner, and let's uh, kick back and have a good time. So I think tonight went well, and we'll continue to do that. That is... Uh, playback.theobr.com. Very simple. Playback.theobr.com. Link your TV provider and you'll be able to watch the game with us because those will be national games. So no problems depending on whatever area you are in as long as you have a regular cable provider. So today, reminder of what we do on these, John Colosimo is going to join me in just a moment and we're going to talk through what we normally talk through, which is usually some random stuff at the beginning of some form or fashion. Could be anything. And I'm talking the topics are anything. And then we will move into what's going on around the AFC North, looking at games that have been played or games that are upcoming. And then we'll talk at the end about how we think the Browns have to play, what they have to do on both sides of the football to beat the upcoming opponent. Obviously, today we focus on the Carolina Panthers. So we're going to get to John here in just a second. Before we do so, quick break. Word from our sponsors. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So now we welcome in John Colosimo to the show. John, welcome to what is now year two of Fridays. 
my friend. Thanks for hanging out with us and uh, bringing your expertise to the podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man, and I'm excited. Um, more excited than I thought. You know, I mean, it's been a rough off season for us Browns fans, but you know, having real football on tonight has uh, reminded me that I am ex- still excited for <laughs> the season. And um, you know, because there's been a little bit of wear out too with uh, with all the Baker talk as well. So. Um, it's just nice to have this on and see real football for the first time in, in a while and be excited to get a whole season in. Yeah, we, we need real football. Eventually, you can you can delay the need for it all you want, but when it gets here and you watch it and it actually matters, as we sit here and watch, I believe the score is uh, relatively close at this point. I'm not sure what the score exactly is. I left it at halftime after the playback, and it was it was still close. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally sure. Yeah. Now 10-10. Is it 17-10? Yeah, Buffalo leading now. Um, mm. uh, St. Louis, uh, excuse me. Not, how am I still saying St. Louis? L.A. is um, uh, driving. So yeah, L.A. driving should be should finish up a pretty good game. But yeah, we'll always record these probably right in the heart of that Thursday night second half, at least for the most part. So you will know the outcome when you listen to this, and we won't know it yet. Today's random topic, not all too random. It still focuses on the Browns. Kevin Stefanski went away from the entirety of the the team doing game by game captains and named five captains, Miles Garrett, Nick Chubb, Joel Batonio, Anthony Walker, and Charlie Hewlett. And then they'll have a game captain one player, but this is a shift. And I was curious if this means anything. Is it nothing? I think it's interesting. I guess the question is twofold. Do you think this means anything to what Stefanski's trying to do with the team? And then are you surprised by anybody either on that list or not on that list? Um, not entirely. Um, I, you know, I see it as more of a, maybe it's just something he wants off his plate, um, on a week to week basis. Someone's doing like a Steve jobs. I'm just going to wear this black t-shirt and jeans every day. So, (laughs) um, that's kind of like how I see it. I mean, uh, Walker again, I mean, the guy just, he's loved where he goes. I mean, and the the examples are out there constantly. It's just another one. You said Charlie Hewlett. On the, on yeah, the a little long snapper love. He's the he's the last one for the every game captain. Now maybe that's just they want to send out a guy like the kicker, right? They, they send him out for the coin toss and overtimes and stuff so they can talk to the players that are going to matter down to down on the sideline or something. But yeah, Hewlett's pretty respected too. He's been with the organization for a while. Didn't he have a bunch of Pro Bowls? I think he has. I think he has. He's a Florida guy. A guy who played with him at Skingham went to the same high school. Knows him pretty well and uh, really likes him. So. Browns like him. He's I'm, I'm not I'm not surprised by it. it's pretty long tenure. I think he gets paid more than than the minimum too to to do some of that long snapping. So, um, you know, I'm not surprised by any of those names. I, I think that um, it tells you that the Browns have a pretty good a pretty good core here. The only one I thought could be was Denzel, but Denzel's not a very vocal guy. Not that Batonio is either, but he's been around the organization forever. But uh, I think that what it tells you is they have a good foundation of leadership here for the most part. Oh, that's uh, and, a good and, You know, it, it's like in Carolina today, I saw that Baker Mayfield was named a captain. So that not, not I'm not trying to be mean to, about Mayfield, but it just is like probably tells you where Carolina is trying to find some leadership. You know what I mean? And I think that that's something that matters. I guess I should also talk to you and I'm not even sure if you saw this. Did you see what miles Garrett had to say tonight about, about Mayfield and some of the stuff like, I don't know if it was tonight, but it was to Mary Kay Cabot. I'm not, this could be a fresh read for you. You haven't been, on Twitter yeah. a ton. So did you see this stuff? I did not. Okay, let's read it, and I'll, I'll just get your immediate reaction to it. I, I'm curious if you think, like, 
like miles is being over the top here or, or what, because it's, it comes off pretty harsh. Um, let me pull it up, read the quote it came out of the article. Uh, let me see here if I can find it. Uh, okay. okay kind of catching me on the, on the spot here, but it was up there. It is. So the relationship was, a is strained after, the incident with the helmet swing Mayfield told Fox sports, Aaron Andrews on national television that Garrett's actions were inexcusable and that he hurt his team. Former Browns D tackle Sheldon Richardson shown on the video clip by former um, shown the video clip by former defensive lineman, Olivier Vernon made a, a beeline in Mayfield in the locker room and handled it according to old school locker room rules. Again, this is Mary Kay Cabot reporting this. So it came to a head when Garrett's helmet incident with Rudolph in 19 took place. The two worked through it. It ramped up again last season when Garrett was upset about the departure of his close friend Odell Beckham Jr. in Mayfield's role in it. Garrett was vocal about the fact that Brown's management didn't consult with the players to get their input on the rift between the quarterback and the star receiver. As the season went along, the losses mounted. The chasm between Mayfield and Garrett widened to the point that Garrett felt something had to change going into the 22 season, whatever that might be. Browns finished 8-9, and missed the playoffs despite some obvious extreme talent. And um, Garrett set the bar extremely high for everyone in the organization last year at a championship level and spoke up if he saw something he didn't like, whether it involved a teammate, coach, or member of the front office. And then lastly, this is the thing I thought that was most interesting is um, that he essentially, like Mayfield text him. Mayfield text him and said, hey, I just wanted to, and I can't find that when I, when I want to find it now. Um, but essentially uh mayfield said let me see here guys i'm sorry this should i should have this up ready to go i just kind of forgot about it and wanted to see some of your thoughts but yeah here's what mayfield said he said he appreciated the time this is a direct quote from miles he said he appreciate he said he appreciated the time we got to spend together and getting to know each other and growing together garrett told cleveland.com in a one-year sorry one-on-one interview last week i really didn't say anything i really didn't have much to say and i didn't know how to reply to it so i didn't so Miles left Mayfield on red after that text. What like what's your takeaway there? Like, is it that the, the locker room did not like Mayfield as much as some people wanted to believe? Is Miles being a bit harsh? It seems as though there was a big rift there for him to just not reply to him and then openly admit that he didn't reply to him. He didn't like him. He can sugarcoat it however he wants to, but he didn't like him, John. No, I agree. And I mean, you know, he, I think that there were maybe some examples, you know, some examples beyond that where the, that you and, and myself and several people pointed out, you know, post, post Odell. Um, so it sounds like a kind of continuation of how that was when, you know, Odell's video came out and there wasn't really a lot of support coming vocally from the players and people pointed out that and maybe it was pushed under, but it sounds like kind of confirmation of that. Um, I do remember the incident with the helmet. So maybe it's just a a long time grudge on that particular one. Um, But yeah, I mean, I I think that maybe um, his relationships weren't, you know, quite as good. I mean, um, I don't know. It is interesting to hear Miles say that and, even just to hear the backdrop of him obviously being more vocal um, and uh, more opinionated than maybe a lot of people. I think I'd probably take more out of that than, um, than the text, just because a lot of people never expected him to be that guy. Um, Just, you know, he's a quiet guy coming in and, you know, I have no problem with it. I mean, you know, he's best player on the team and, 
uh, he can basically um, go ahead and, and say what he feels as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, it, it definitely portrays a, a more fractured locker room than I think some people wanted to admit. I think a lot of people saw it, but there was a lot of denial going on with that. So to me, it paints a pretty clear picture about the dislike and I'm glad this will all be over in a matter of, of days here. Um, but, but yeah, I, I just, that, that creeping out and there, I'm sure over the years might be more that creeps out, but there was definitely a disdain between us. So I wanted to get your reaction to that. Let's I'll tell you one, go ahead. One yeah, thing real quick before we close that is that, you know, I think this is another example of how, when you hear things you don't want to hear about your team, the initial reaction is from a ton of people to, immediately reject that whether that comes and Mary Kay certainly gets her share fair share of flack because she is often a person who kind of posts those kind of things where other people aren't. Um, But, you know, just like when we heard the early stuff with Freddie and in his year and, you know, and those types of things, uh, usually that reaction is just to reject it. And I really, I really take those things, you know, um, into account more than I did say five years ago. I would agree. It is the initial reaction to get mad at the reporter reporting that piece of thing that you don't want to believe about your team. I think that's well said and it's unfair sometimes. It's really unfair. So, uh, but it is in the nature of social media around covering a football team is that you do get those immediate reactions. Instead of somebody reading it in a newspaper, they're reading it in their, their cell phone and they don't want to believe what they're reading. And they have their initial reaction is to just yell back at the person who wrote it. Like you're trying to rip the team apart. No, I'm just reporting what miles Garrett said. Like that's, that's all I'm doing. So anyway, yeah, let's, um, let's take one more quick break and then we're going to get back and then we'll talk around, uh, the AFC North and look at their games. And I think there's only two games because we have a division matchup to start the season. So yeah, we'll be right back. Okay. AFC North. Pittsburgh and the Bengals. Now, as far as I recall, Cincinnati put it on Pittsburgh twice last year. Okay. Now, last year, if you followed the trend lines of what John and I talked about, we were bullish on the Bengals all the way until the very end, and those SOBs found a way to the Super Bowl. And I'm still not really totally over it, but whatever. <laughs> I think they're I think I believe in them this year. I'm ready to make a statement though. Okay, so last year they beat uh Pittsburgh 41 to 10 in week 12 and then beat Pittsburgh 24 10 early in the season. I don't think this game's going to be close. I think Pittsburgh's going to suck. I'm just saying it and I believe it this year. I just think this Trubisky Pickett thing is going to be bad initially. Pickett could figure it out. I'm ready to I know you're going to tell me I need to see it blah blah blah. How are they going to be good? Their offensive line is terrible. Their wide receiver group, you have Deontay, and then you have some unknowns. Maybe Pickens will be decent, and, and they'll figure some things out. But, like, that group's not elite. Firemuth's fine. He's fine. Defensively, they have a good defensive line. But, again, they had such crazy good injury luck on that defensive line last year. Watt missed a game or two, but he never was seriously hurt. Hayward's getting old. The linebacker group is banking on Miles Jack to come in and be a difference maker for them. Name one Pittsburgh defensive back other than Minka Fitzpatrick, but you can't do it. How are they, John, how are they winning football games? I think Cincinnati wins comfortably. I would take the over 10 and a half. If the line was 10 and a half, I'd take the over. I think it's a comfortable win. I yes. do not see how Pittsburgh scores touchdowns this year. Explain it to me. If Tomlin pulls this off, he's 
he's one of the greatest coaches to ever live. Like I just don't to to be able to just avoid losing seasons. Like if he can, if he they're they got to be a top ten picking team. How on earth are they going to win games, man? <clears throat> they're going to have a real hard time in that secondary. I mean, they've got some good receivers, and obviously they've got a good running back, but the offensive line's still not good. Um, the you know, <clears throat> and you're going from we we talked about this earlier too is Ben. You know, for all his barely able to still play last year, he still got rid of the ball really quick. And I know they were doing some of that with Pickett yeah. in the in yeah. the in the preseason. But it's one thing to do that quick game in uh, in, in preseason games, and it's a different thing to do it in the NFL. And um, you know, if they don't think that you can beat them, you know, <clears throat> without uh, beat them deep, then th- I don't see any reason to respect them. So. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly I, I've been waiting for this um, for a long time, but I think this is finally the year. And I, I do think this is a blowout. I'd be surprised if, um, yeah, I would, um, I, I think it'll be 17, 20 point win. I mean, I, I wouldn't bet that you'd be crazy to bet that, but what do I really think is going to happen in the game? Um, yeah. 17, 20 point win. Fairly easy. Um, you, the only yeah. thing that you could have is, you know, I'm sure that they're going to have their feelings hurt, but I just, you still have to have the players to back that up. Yeah, you like know, 27 13. Like that, that'd be a number I'd be very comfortable betting that game at. I just don't, they also just match up terribly with Cincinnati, where Pittsburgh, I think, will match up well with teams like Cleveland who try to muck it up and play ugly. They do not, they're the inverse of Cleveland who matches up really well with the Bengals because of personnel. I, I just don't. I think that's an ugly game, and, and we've kind of shared it. I, I'm, I think the Bengals are going to be pretty good this year. Um, they should. They have no excuse not to be good. Everything they needed to improve is right there for them. I think that defense has a regression to the mean, but I think they have enough offensive talent to overcome it and get to double-digit wins. That's a team. Like I think a lot of people are taking the Ravens in this division, and I'm like, whew, I don't know, man. I really don't know how you bet against Cincinnati with the modern game and, and have everything Cincinnati does. So we'll talk Ravens. I mean, they open the season uh, in, in pretty favorable fashion. They go to the Jets, Joe Flacco, the Browns get, talk about the Jets start of the season. They play the entire AFC North. It's like, man, that's kind of brutal. <laughs> so yeah, they go play Joe Flacco. That should be a route. That should be a feel good game for them um, that they come away with. Yeah. Bateman feeling better about himself and you know, all those guys. So, I don't see any hiccup in that one, but do you like Baltimore more than Cincy as a, as a preseason division favorite pre-injury bullshit and all that stuff? I think what we're talking about two teams that are going to win between 10 and 12 games. And so uh, I'm not going to kill anybody for taking the Bengals, but I'm going to mm-hmm. start the year on, uh, on Baltimore and I'm going to be okay. very, very interested to see a healthy Ravens defense um, and how they match up with that Cincinnati offense. So I want to see. I want to see what they do schematically because it's gonna. They're they're away from Martindale, so they're like, he was Mister Roll the Dice in your face, man. Cover zero, crazy blitz stuff. Like, I'll be interested to see if this guy. I think it's McDonald's. His last name he came over from wasn't he? He was the DC for Michigan, wasn't he? I think he was the DC for Michigan, as far yep. as I can remember. Yep. Stolen from his brother. Um. Yeah, I'll be fascinated to see how that one shakes out. But that's your division for this week. I I don't think there's much confusion about it. There should be two pretty straightforward winners there. 
Let's talk about the Browns and how they beat Carolina. I think the big question is Christian McCaffrey. He he feels like the only problem Carolina presents because DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and uh, their their guys uh, Smith in the slot. Like I don't I don't fear them, and I think the Browns secondary matches up extremely well with them. The thing about McCaffrey is this: how how are you defending him? I, I'm curious what you would do. Like what, what, what is your tentative plan with him? If you had to come up with something for him. Jay. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I would spy, I would just have him everywhere yes. and I would, I would bracket him with like, I would, I would roll single coverage down. I put Delpit sort of outside and J okay inside and sort of bracket him as often as I could out of the backfield okay. in any predictable pass scenario. Um, but but yeah, I th- I feel like he's the only sort of true X factor here that I'm I'm lining up afraid of that guy. Not that I'm afraid of how they run with him, but afraid of what they can do in the pass game. But if you looked at the weather, it might not matter. This weather might be so bad that that this game could be really really gross, and none I of just, that matters. I just never know how that's ever going to go, you know. Because you could also say, you know, if he. Um... If you get him in open space, then he could, you know, he could do some things maybe out there. So, but yeah, the weather keeps getting worse. And, uh, I, that's probably my, you know, that's my number one matchup to watch is JOK. Um, and what they do with him against McCaffrey. That's, that's very interesting to me. That, that is the one thing. If you just try to gloss over him and say, ah, we'll put walk to, you know, wherever you go, I would have JOK in, in, pursuit of him as often as I possibly could just as often as I possibly could, because you, you get a guy like Jeremiah because this is something he can do and in, in isolating him there, giving him a chance to prove that he can handle that is exactly why you have that guy and potentially end up paying him a decent amount of money someday. Right. So um, I'm with you. I was curious your take on that offensively. What, what, what are you thinking? Are you, are you, are you going to run it as much as we think? Are they going to surprise some people and, do some of their West Coast quick game stuff and let Jacoby kind of pinpoint some places against Carolina's zone. I mean, I don't think Carolina is a great unit defensively, but they do have some pass rushers. Brian Burns, I think they can get after you if you let them. You don't want to be in. I've kind of said that I think the team that plays third and pass, third and predictable pass or whatever down and predictable because you fall behind is the team's going to lose. Neither You want neither Mayfield nor Jacoby Brissett throwing when the defense knows they're going to be throwing. You know, That's not a great <laughs> scenario there in any way, shape or form. But, but I was curious what you expect from them offensively. I I think that he'll, I hope also, um, I think that he'll adapt to how they're, they're lining up. You know, I mean, if you remember the Tennessee game in Baker's best year, you know, where everybody, um, they didn't expect to come out and play that game um, and run up, you know, whatever it was, 28 points in the first half like they did. And Tennessee was 100% committed to stopping Chubb. And if Carolina does something like that, I could see um, Kevin trying to switch things up and, and do something along those lines. Now, you know, do we have, you know, do we have the receivers to take advantage of that? Is the weather going to allow for that kind of thing? It was a beautiful day in Tennessee, if I remember correctly. So mm-hmm. maybe the weather just will – will dictate that and and it won't so much matter how they decide that they're going to play it but i mean my default would be i've seen him switch that up and um and not just run his head into a wall before um so i guess maybe it depends on how much trust they have in just this camp with with Brissett. um you know i mean he's limited 
but um, if they can trust and, you know, Kevin can scheme up plays. People forget that he can scheme up open players. So if yeah. they trust Brissett to hit him, he'll pass the ball. Now that still only means, you know, the amount of passing that Kevin does, which is below league average in that, in that regard. But that's, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. It's weird. This is a hard one to think about because we don't, we don't have a great feel for either team. So this is going to be your worst episode of how the Browns beat the Panthers. But it feels to me like the Browns' defense, which is, again, so rare for them to have this perfect alignment of everybody back, right? You have everybody back. The system's the same. They have very few new faces on defense, while their offense obviously has some key new spots filled, particularly quarterback. But, you know, all the all offseason they've talked about, we you know, the system, we feel good in it. We know what we're doing. Everybody knows where they're supposed to be, and that's rare for any team, let alone – your Cleveland Browns. I've, I've documented how rare this is all offseason. So I will be interested to see what wrinkles they throw out there, what different looks they give Baker Mayfield in um, some of those situations where it's third and long and he has to throw it. And are they going to do some of that boss front stuff, bigs on one side and mug linebackers and drop out and manipulate protection and all that stuff? I'm going to be fascinated by it. They've talked about having some new third down wrinkles. We'll see what they do because nobody knows them as well as Mayfield. It's just, it's just how it is, man. So um, how they confuse him will be interesting. Again, I've talked about it and we're having this discussion, but if it's a monsoon game, it's just a battle of wills, right? Who doesn't fumble, who keeps on their feet. And they're talking about it could be pretty gnarly there this weekend. So that would kind of suck because that would just be a coin flip with very little, very little normal strategy. Cause what we want to do is get a feel for what the Browns are going to do with Brissett and how they're going to defend teams. And then we can, analyze things a bit better but to your point i do think the consensus is like hey they're going to run the ball a ton well kevin sometimes will ying to that yang and like i guess the better way to say it is zig to zag i think i got that wrong my bad everyone out there but um he might surprise some people like you said like tennessee type game plan where they come out and just rip it around the field and uh surprise uh, carolina based on some of their personnel groupings or some of their typical stuff and, and coverage stuff. Cause they bring back the same DC. So the Browns wouldn't be able to get some tendencies on them as well. So it'll be fascinating at the core of this, the Browns win, in my opinion, if they're able to do some things to slow down McCaffrey, but that's, that's the X factor. Any other X factors I'm missing? Only, only Baker pulling one out of his butt and having like a Bengals game from last year where he just, um, it makes yeah. no sense. <laughs> And I, I'm willing to admit that could happen. It could certainly happen, and it would make for a very miserable social media experience over the coming weeks. I okay. will again remind everybody, even if Baker plays terribly, this game does not mean any guaranteed direction for either the Browns franchise or Baker Mayfield's future. It is um, it is, it is, is the opener, but the Browns have won one opener, as we all know, since 99. So getting a win in the opener would be a very welcome sight, and then you return home for a very winnable home game the following week. So... We'll see. That's all we have for how the Browns beat the Panthers. I think it's pretty obvious we're going to talk about key players and some things like that, but we'll get some more feel for schemes and thoughts and tendencies that we can go into when the Browns return for week two. So we'll check back with that. John, good episode, man. I appreciate your time as always, brother. Hey, always glad to do these, man. So I'm, I'm excited for the season. Can't wait to uh, – I hope we get some of that strategy so we can really get into what we're seeing uh, next week for the Browns and not just winging it again because it was a monsoon. Yeah, let's hope. I, I would love to have a better feel for what they want to do with Brissett because that's that's a certainly a fascinating thing, whether they're going to keep everything the same as they did with Baker in terms of their West Coast wide zone gap stuff or if they're 
going to do some wrinkles or maybe even Josh Dobbs gets a couple snaps. We'll be paying attention to all of it. Thank you guys for checking out today's show. Again, we'll have a full behind enemy lines tomorrow with a great guest from Carolina coverage, another blue wire podcast. So check that out. Continue to have some things up at the OBR. We had week one picks from Andrew Spade and many other good things. Analytics preview from the Panthers Browns on the site as well. Check that out. We'll be live for playback during the game. So continue to go there for all the primetime games and everything you need surrounding Browns Panthers. It'll be a fun hangout during that game. Hopefully it will be a fun hangout. Uh, I appreciate you guys joining and linking up your TV subscriber and being a part of that. I think it's a blast and a really cool platform. So again, have a great Friday, everybody. Thanks for stopping by today's show. We'll catch you Saturday. Check your inbox. You'll have a fresh podcast waiting on you. Thanks again to John for joining today's show. Thanks to you for supporting the OBR Twitch website and this podcast. Have a great Friday. Go Browns. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.